another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and today we're going to be joined by some guests. We're going to be joined by a diehard Rockets fan, joining us straight from the great city of Houston, Texas. Brian Mendoza is going to be joining us. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Hey, Joe, nice to have, be on your show. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to have you on here. And, you know, what better way to, to bring you on than to have you on when your team comes from behind by as many as 25 points to beat the San Antonio Spurs by a final score of 109 to 107. So we're going to dive in and talk about that. But we're also going to be joined by our usual uh, our usual suspects in our co-host. We're going to have Wesley Perkins joining us and our other co-host, Stephen Anderson of Project Spurs joining us as well. So, gentlemen, let's dive in here and let's go ahead and hear first, though, from the diehard Rockets fan, uh, Brian Mendoza. Brian, go ahead and let us have your take yes. on what what happened, man. How did the the Rockets wind up coming back and beating the Spurs? Well, a tell of two stories. First of all, you know, two halves. Uh, Rocks were down by twenty five. Uh, this is the first time in the team history to come back from twenty five points. So that was really good to have. And. Uh, you know, they were finally aggressive. You know, they finally played some defense, and they were crashing the boards uh, in that second half. And so, like I said, the Spurs went on a 16-0 run and uh, got down big. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Rockets came back inside to play the game, and uh, they actually finished, which is really fun. The uh, Rockets finished that second half with uh, outscoring the Spurs 56-35. So that was, that was real good to know. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing was is that the the Rockets winded up coming back. They played a good uh, third quarter, but they also had a lot of help from the San Antonio Spurs because for some, you know, unforeseen reason, it bewilders all of us. Coach Pop went away from the lineup that got them the lead, that was able to sustain the lead, and goes with LaMarcus Aldridge, and more importantly, he goes with the lineup of Marco Beninelli and Bryn Forbes, which is defensively, it's a disaster waiting to happen. And sure enough, as soon as he inserted him, Marco Beninelli and, you know, one Bryn Forbes, the league all but evaporated. Same thing happened with LMA. I thought he played LaMarcus way too much and we didn't see enough Jakob Portal. And this was your first look at Jakob Portal. You had uh, mentioned to me before we got on the air. And you were saying that you noticed that this kid could, you know, he could play some basketball. What it would, let me know what you, tell everybody what you were telling me off air about Jakob Portal. Yeah, I mean, he, he looks he looks and he fits uh, y'all's offense and y'all's defense. He's a lot better than uh, Aldridge. He, you know, he actually plays some defense. Aldridge, you know, just tonight, I couldn't tell if he was playing defense or he was helping, you know, the Rockets out there. But uh, first time I got to see him, and, you know, I think he's a spur. You know, down up there, y'all say, you know, is he a spur? Are they spurs? Uh, I think he can be a spur, you know. And he, and even Murray, even though, he, you know, he had that technical and he got into Harden's face, he looks like a spur to me. Yeah, he, he passes the smell test, you know. And the, the, the scene test, you know, he looks like a spur, smells like a spur, and plays like one. You know, the same thing can't be said for one LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> you know how I feel about him. 
uh, Wesley and, and Stephen know about that. But let's go ahead and get a little bit of what happened. What went wrong here, Stephen and Wesley? Where did things go wrong, man? Where did the wheels come off? We'll go ahead and start with you, Stephen. I mean, that, that second half, guys. I mean, the second half saw, uh, as you guys were saying, it's a completely two different halves. Houston looked, you know, didn't look aggressive in that first half. The Spurs looked like they were the ones that were the one of the top teams in the league, you know, really going at it, taking us to the Rockets and taking advantage of, of, their, of the uh, misses and of the uh, poor defense that the Rockets were playing in that first half. But then we saw a switching in the second half, and Rockets are who they are as of right now. They're one of the top teams in the West, and they showed exactly why. And part of that, as you said, Joe, is because of what the Spurs did not do, and mainly Greg Popovich. Um, I've been a huge Pop fan, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting anything by saying this, but I am going to say you better be careful, Stephen. Be careful. Be careful, Stephen. Reasons the Spurs lost this game. Yeah, yeah, he was a big reason that the yeah, Spurs lost I mean, this game, but. You know, I mean, we have to be realistic here as Spurs fans. And I had told you this, Stephen, off air. So I'm going to give you every chance to go ahead and really go into this because Spurs fans feel a certain way about Coach Pop. If you criticize Coach Pop or you say anything bad about Coach Pop, it's sacrilege. You know, they come at you and they're upset with you and they go after you like none other. With that said, Stephen, when, when is it time to start holding the coaching staff accountable for the poor play that's uh, been going on consistently since the beginning of the season. I mean, at what juncture do we hold them accountable? You should have started holding them accountable like two weeks ago because some (laughs) of these losses are just inexcusable. Uh, Today against Houston was a perfect example. Houston had no business winning that game today with the way the Spurs played in that first half. If the Spurs were to play consistently from start to finish, Houston never would have got close, and Houston shouldn't have won. But the Spurs went away from what they were doing. Houston took advantage of that, as they should, and they took it to the Spurs, took advantage of the Spurs' poor defense, played good defense themselves on the other end, and the Spurs didn't know how to handle it. Uh, the reason why, you put in Marco Bellinelli, who can't hit the side of a barn. Uh, I, at the, at your local Y can play better than Marco Bellinelli. I mean, there's a, guy, a bunch of guys on this roster that can play better. I can name two right now, Lonnie Walker and uh, Damari Carroll, both guys who have proven they can play better than Marco Bellinelli on both ends of the floor. Other than that, Spurs missed their usual core defense of leaving shooters open, namely James Harden left him open for a three, left Ben McLemore open for a three, left Russell Westbrook go in the paint. A lot of these losses are little things that the Spurs are doing wrong. Uh, look at the game, the three or four other overtime games the Spurs have had recently, guys. What happened? Miss free throws. DeMar DeRozan misses two free throws against Cleveland, and, and it, goes into, it goes into overtime. LaMarcus Allward misses a free throw against Phoenix. It goes into overtime. I mean, little things that this team is doing is costing them games, and it's costing them an opportunity to, to kind of make a, st- a name for themselves and kind of get out of the funk that they're in. I mean, that's the main problem with this team is that the coaching staff also has a main part of it because I'm not going to – and you're right, Joe, when you mention the Spurs and you mention Pop, fans get a certain way. But I'm not here to – you know me. All of you guys know me. I'm not here to sugarcoat. I'm here to say it like it is. And the problem with this Spurs team has to start with Pop's frustration, Pop's uh, stubbornness. He's too stubborn to realize that that Marco Bellamy doesn't have it anymore. LaMarcus Allrich is not a reason why that – uh, this Spurs team is lost today. I'm not going to put this on him solely, but I will say you're right, Joe. He did not have 
any business being out there when the Spurs were making that run. If you notice um, when the Spurs were making that 25-point lead, Elbridge was not really anywhere to be found. He was on the bench. It was DeRozan, Forbes, Derek White, uh, Rudy Gay, Jakob. They're all out there. And, and Lonnie, they're all making that run for the Spurs. LaMarcus was on the bench. So it, it's getting to a point where you ask me, when do you hold them accountable? Um, and my question back to you guys is, what, how do you not hold them accountable at this point for all these losses? Even You even have our national me- or our media locally here in San Antonio on Twitter now even commenting out loud saying Pop's rotations were questionable. Pop's rotations were bewildering. And, of course, they would never say it to his face because you can't. But at what point now do you realize and say, I even told Wesley this, this team as constructed is not meant for a championship. But they are meant for seven, eight, nine, any of those, seven, eight, or nine. And you're 12 or 13? This team is too talented to be where they are right now. So at what point do you say the Spurs aren't the problem, but the problem is Pop? At what point do you start saying that? Yeah, I mean, you you bring up a good point, you know, a good topic of discussion. So with that said, we're going to go ahead and go to Wesley Perkins. Wesley, I know you're dying to go ahead and let us know what went wrong with the San Antonio Spurs tonight. So go ahead and let us have it. Uh, All of the above. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let's start with it. Let's start with this, okay? First of all, rotations were awful. But did you notice in the, the the latter moments of the fourth quarter, he finally played Derek White and DeJounte Murray together. And what happened? They got a steal, they got a shot clock violation, and a three-pointer by Derek White. You know, I, I'm, I'm sitting here just flabbergasted by that. Why on a, with, a, with a guy like Greg Popovich and his – lifetime who was okay with the Spurs scoring 60 points a game and winning titles would would he not play his best defensive lineup on a consistent basis I've said this over and over again I'm going to continue to say this the NBA does not have positions anymore there are not true point guards there are not true small forwards there are not true shooting guards there are not true big men and and, you know everybody's capable of, of handling themselves to handle the ball, uh, and, and the Spurs seem like they're stuck in a dot matrix world when it's all, all moved over to digital. You know, it, when, when we're looking at this <laughs> team right now, you, you just don't have a sense of what they're trying to do. It, it's like about the time you, you feel like, okay, the young guns are getting their chance. Lonnie Walker got hit in the mouth tonight and didn't really play the rest of the game. Why? This is the same Lonnie Walker that scored 28 points on the Houston Rockets the last time they played. Single-handedly took the game over and had 19 points in the fourth quarter the last time they played. Why? Why why are you putting Marco Dirty Diaper Bellinelli out on the floor? (laughs) A parking lot. Dirty Diaper Parking Lot Diaper, man. Hey, hey, we need need to tell Brian. Brian, hey, dude, you know, I tell you this, that, you know, Rockets, man, they, they, man, I don't know. Marco was putting, putting bricks in there. He fortified that building tonight. I'm telling you, that building got way more fortified because of Marco and Brynn in that fourth quarter. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> on top of that, I, I, I just I look at this and I say t- the biggest frustration is that when you see, a, 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 I guess, a lineup that starts off having, 
you know, you have uh, Lyle coming in, and he had a really good first half. And I don't, and it doesn't show probably as much in the stat line, but he was very aggressive, got his hands on the ball a bunch, got tip outs, you know, made some shots, had a couple of key plays, had a good dunk on a, on a, you know, running the floor. And where was he in the second half? Uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's beyond me. And I've I've said this, and I I don't know if I truly mean it yet. Is this Pop's way of tanking? Is to go back to lineups that he knows are not going to work, you know, play his young guys enough to get them to get some floor time, and then go in, in fourth quarters and play lineups that have been proven, you know, to screw up. I mean, did, did anybody think a single shot that, that Marco Bellinelli was going to put up tonight was going to go in? No. You know, nope. he definitely didn't? Not at all. I know I had no faith. I had, I had more no. faith at winning the lotto than watching Marco Bellinelli sink no. a three. And, and, and lastly, i got to point this out. If I told you the Spurs would outshoot the Rockets from three, would you think they'd lose this game tonight? Not at all. Nope. Nope. And yet nope. that's the stat. But, hey, one final one for you. On the plus-minus tonight, well, there was a, a minus 14 and a minus 10 for Aldridge and DeRozan, respectively. That says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. There were it almost does, the whole starting lineup was in the negative. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let me just say this real quickly in response to that, Wesley, real quickly. Yes, I do. You asked me, do you think do you think that this is Pop's way of tanking? I do for the, for one reason. Pop is too full of pride to say, hey, we're losing on purpose, because he would never do that. Mm-hmm. He would never lose on purpose or let people think he was losing on purpose. So I think at this point, and Joe, you even said this to me before, at this point, Pop knows what's going to happen. I don't think he thinks this team will make the playoffs. So hmm. what do you do? You put you you go out there you you try to win the game. You don't want to make it look like you're tanking, but you lose games. You go out there, you put the worst lineup you can out there, and you lose games. It you, you, for example, one one oh nine one oh seven Spurs lose by two points. That doesn't necessarily scream tanking, but when you look really take a look at it and see what the guys are doing, it does. Marco Bellinelli and Lonnie played the same amount of minutes tonight. Both had ten minutes. Problem is, Marco was 0 of 5 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. Lonnie took one shot. Of course, he missed it. because, And you're right, he never entered the court again after he got hit in the mouth. So, tanking, I would say so, especially when you saw the way the Rockets were in that second half, uh, both defensively and offensively. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're tanking for sure, but it's very suspicious that Pop continues for the same lineup out there, game in and game out, when it's proven not to work. He put the lineup out there today that does work, and yet you switch back for for what reason? I can only guess that he wanted to lose this game. Yeah, but, you know, let's not take anything away from what the Rockets have done. And I want to come back to Brian now. Uh, Brian, we look at what the Rockets did tonight. Yeah. And look at the minutes that your starting lineup played. They played heavy minutes out there. You know, you had uh, P.J. Tucker, 38 minutes, 9 points. You know, you have House Jr. out there. He had 4 points on the night, tw- 27 minutes. Capella, 40 minutes, 15 points. Westbrook and Harden were the, was I guess they were the ones that were scoring the majority of the points for the team. You have Westbrook, who went ahead and played 40 minutes, had 31 points, a team-high 31. Harden, had he played 36 minutes and had 28 points on the night. You know, so your starting five, um, they actually performed admirably you know, from an offensive standpoint. 
And dare I say, Brian, your Rockets looked good defensively in that second half. They looked like a totally different team. I don't know what happened. It looks like somebody in the back, you know, in the in the locker room was doing Red Bulls or I don't know, doing something. They come out, they came back out, and they they were energized, man. So, I mean, whatever whatever happened in that locker room worked, and your team played really well in that second half, and they came away, you know, with the win. They came back from being as you know as behind as by as many as 25 points i mean is this typical of what you're what you see every night from your houston rockets well it, you know these past few games they have been starting off slow it seems like they forget to tip off is at 7 30 and they wait to come you know play the second quarter or you know of course tonight they played you know the second half but uh it, it all depends you know mike d'antoni i don't know what he did in the uh, at halftime, but thank God he did it because uh, this game is ugly, and uh, you know y'all were up seventy-two to fifty-three at, at halftime. You know that's not a, a good game for me, but thank God we played you know four quarters uh, because it's, it was just a tale of two different teams, and I don't I don't know if they if they can continue to play like this you know in the course of the the remaining of the season. You know I know it's still early, but. You know, that's a lot of minutes for, of course, Harden's always played a lot of minutes uh, since he's came down to Houston. Uh, Westbrook, when he was in Oklahoma, he played a lot of minutes. But I don't think you can do that this year. You know, you got L.A., you know, Lakers, the Clippers, you know, New Orleans. Everybody's, you know, starting to get better and better. And uh, I don't think you can do that this year. You're, they're going to have to find a way to, you know, get up on this team and somehow find ways to rest, their, you know, the teams the players, you know, because the NBA is a lot younger and, you know, Harden and Westbrook are a little bit older. And, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't really think they can continue to do this throughout the year. Yeah, that's a lot of minutes for your starting five, you know. And then I look at the bench, and the bench really doesn't see a lot of play out there. It's usually the starting, you know, five out there that see heavy minutes. When you go to the bench, you're seeing, you know, Clark only had 11 minutes, uh, you know, Cephalosha, he played six. Rivers had 11. And Macklemore, he had 29 points on, or 29 minutes, I'm sorry, on the night, 17 points uh, for the game. So, you know, beyond him scoring in double digits, uh, most of the bench only scored, let's see, Rivers scored two points. Clark only had three. And Cephalosha, he laid an egg with zero, you know. So right then and there, it shows you that most of the offensive production is coming from the starting five, and if, when they go to the bench, uh, I think that's when the leagues start to kind of dwindle and get away from you guys. So that it's no wonder that you have to play the starters' heavy minutes. The Rockets don't have what you'd say a lot of depth, but they are gifted offensively, especially with that starting five. And usually what we see out of the Rockets, uh, Brian, is they play very good during the regular season. It's just in that postseason, that's what uh, troubles them. But needless to say, I mean, they look good tonight, you know, coming back in that second half. So it looks like the San Antonio Spurs have a lot of work to do <laughs> in that in that regard to to get back up to form. But kudos to you and your Rockets, man. You know, they're they're doing what they need to do and they're they keep on winning. Look at their record at home. They're 10 and four. The Spurs road record right now is three and nine when they're away from the AT&T Center. That's horrible. I think, dare I say, guys, I think that is even worse than it was last season. Uh, am I am I correct on that, Stephen? 
Yes, um, you're right. This team is actually worse than last year. Um, you know, they really have it, – it's puzzling because they're the same team. We've talked about this before. It's the exact same team with the exception of uh, Jonathan Murray back in the lineup and uh, you add in Trey Lyles and uh, Mari Carroll, who doesn't play, but still. So it's the same team, and yet you're worse. It makes zero sense to me. I mean, they regressed so much from what they did last year, and – Again, it makes me wonder how much of the Spurs' success, and I'm not talk- just talking a year ago, I'm talking over the years, has been because of not only the players they had, but because of the coaching staff that they had. You're talking about Torrey Messina, Ime Udoka, uh, uh, Mike Butenholz, or PJ Carlissimo, all these guys that they, the Spurs have had over the years as their coaching staff. And, of course, Tim Duncan retires, T- Tony Parker, Monter, they all retire. You're now having LaMarcus Alvarez, DeMar DeRozan. Even a year ago now, they were better than they were. But if you look at the coaching stuff, you have Yudoka, Becky. You had um, Tor Messina. Now you have Tim Duncan, Becky, Pop, uh, Will Hardy. I'm not really sure. As much as I love Timmy and Becky, I'm not sure if they're really like those guys to be or those people to be assistant coaches when – of course, Pop makes the final call and all, but I'm just wondering how much of this now is on the coaching stuff. I have to go back again and say uh, to Wesley's point, which is this team is as talented as you said. You know, this team has a lot of heart and a lot of of a grit to them. It's the same team as it was a year ago. So what's the problem? I think it goes back now. You have to take goes back to coaching, and this was evident today. Not to take anything away from what the Rockets did, because the Rockets did what they should have done and beat the Spurs. Then you look at it on paper, the Rockets deserve the win, not only because of the better record they have, but because of just the way they played in that second half. I mean, you come back down 25, kudos to you. Kudos to the Rockets and James Harden and all those guys for coming back the way they did. But for the Spurs to blow a 25-point lead, as bad as they've been on the road, as bad as they've been overall, and for Pops to go away from what worked, that's just mind-boggling to me. Now, I'm still upset and still frustrated and I'm still trying to process it too. Hey, let me throw this out there guys because I'm back on now. Uh, I, I wonder this. Is is this really I don't know. I, 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 come, I come back to this. I think this is a lot of chemistry stuff too. I mean, didn't we hear this all of last year? Was Behind the scenes, this team was locked in with each other. They would go out and break Next to with none. each other after games and before games and hang out with each other. How much have we heard about yep. this year? And even before the season started, we've heard nothing, right? I mean, I just, right. I, I go back to this and say, at some point, too, I know Pop is, is, is not helping the cause because his stubbornness is, is absolutely a big reason why these lineups continue to, to fail. And, and you know, I, I just, I go back to it. I just don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, dare I say this, and please, I know this is going to sound horrible but I don't know how much his heart is into it. You know, he had a catastrophic loss, and I don't, I don't want to bring that up and talk about it a lot. But, it, I mean, it is, it is something worth noting. Uh, and and what, what, what part of his heart is into this, into this season, into this game, into watching this team do this? And he's still a, a great coach. He's still going to coach them and do the best that he can do. But I just look at the players and say they're not compatible. And, unfortunately, when you look at the contract situations, when you see – you know, the 27.7 mil that DeRozan is being paid. When you look at 
the 24 mil that Aldridge is about to make as of January 1. Who's going to take these guys? All right, here's the deal, though. You know, especially when everyone starts talking about Coach Pop, like Wesley just alluded to, you know, he came back from, from having a, a life-changing event occur to him. You know, he, he lost his wife, yes. All these are different factors, you know, things that are going on within his personal life. You know, and I think sometimes we forget that at the end of the day, Coach Pop is just a normal human being like we are. You know, he, he has his ups and downs and he goes through things just like we do. Um, but, you know, at, at some juncture, you have to have that coaching staff held accountable for the state of the team. But it's not just the coaching staff. I think it's everyone all around, even the front office. You know, bad decisions were made. And these have a factor uh, in what's going to happen or what's transpiring now. You know, we didn't do enough to keep Kawhi. He left. And we're, we're seeing what happens when one of your bona fide NBA All-Stars leaves and the team is in disarray now. And we can see that out there because, like I keep alluding to, we do not have a closer. Two, we're still paying Paul Gasol. You know, <laughs> that's not something that we should be proud of. That that was a bad move all around. So I, I get how you're you're coming at, mm. you know, having somebody be accountable for this, Wesley. So in closing there with your with your take on on coming at, you know, the coaching staff and having them accountable. Uh, what else do you think needs to change on this team? I mean, as far as accountability, we, we talked about the coaching staff and I talked about some of the, the, I guess, the mishaps that the front office has made. But at what point do you start having your star players be accountable for what's transpiring out there on the court beyond just saying, well, this this loss is on me? It's it's not just on the on the players, you know, in particular DeMar or LaMarcus. It falls on the team as a whole. Whether they lose together or whether they win together, they're doing that as a team, not as individual players. So at what point do you hold these guys accountable for what's going on out there, Wesley? Well, you know, I think it's past time for that because, you know, how many millions of dollars are you paying these guys to go out and play a game that we all love? And, and I know, you know, these guys are talented enough to play. Uh, but it goes back to, to what we talk about with, with their energy and their effort. You know, I, I can watch a team lose. Um, you know, I can, I can even be patient with, with Pop and, and some of the mistakes and even the, the front office's own mistakes because it's, it, I still know that at the end of the day, for 23 years, it's been the best winning franchise in all of sports. Um, they had 50 straight, you know, 20, 20 years of straight 50 win seasons. You know, so, you know, I know that it's going to get, you know, darker before midnight uh, in, in, in this, this Spurs world that we're in. And it seems like everything's crashing around us. But, no, you're right. I mean, these players absolutely are the ones dropping the ball. Greg Popovich is surely responsible. The front office for making some of the decisions is surely responsible. But those guys didn't come out flat in the third quarter. They didn't come out with an 18-point lead and look like a deer in the headlights. And, you know, what I'm tired of seeing is our our team just wilt as soon as somebody pushes them. You know, you saw DeJounte get up in, in, in a hardened face tonight, and that, to me, was the moxie that's been missing on this team. That moxie of, like, uh-uh, you, you try to push me around. Try it. Let's go. 
that moxie lasted about two seconds. And then from then on out, it's like, okay, it, it's like, it like watching just a, a, a boulder. And you knew once it got going, you were just about to get run over. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's got to happen now. I mean, you've got to hold players accountable. You know, you've got to look at players like, you know, LaMarcus and, and uh, DeRozan and Patty Mills and, you know, Marco Bellinelli and others and just go, you're paid all this money. So either you can play, you can come out with the correct energy, the right attitude, you can get it all done, or it's time to sit down. And, I, you know, I'm, I, that's where I really get frustrated with, with Pop right now and with the coaching staff is that they need to be sitting these star players down. They did it all the time when Duncan and Ginobili and Parker would have bad games. You'd see the third string of coming off that bench, and lo and behold, he would tank a game because he just wanted to show them, you're not playing the rest of the night. Where is that? Where is that now when, you know what, you might go ahead and lose anyway, but I'm not going to let these guys come out here on the floor and stink it up like they are right now. Yeah, so given that, Stephen, what needs to change? You know, do we just go ahead and blow up the whole damn thing and we just let these young guns ball the you know, ball out and just finish off the season and whatever happens, happens? Or do we still continue this, this lineup and – it looks like if we continue this, maybe the Spurs won't even win 29 or 30 games. Maybe they'll actually get a top 10 pick. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, Wesley, you're right. And, and my thoughts are this. I mean, should the Spurs blow it up? I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You lose more games? I mean, that's what they're doing right now. I mean, but on the other side, as you said, Wesley, who's going to want DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Alwards? Nobody, unless maybe – you're uh, the Knicks or the Cavaliers or somebody like that. I mean, I can't think of a team that really wants DeMar or LaMarcus. I mean, I, I, that's the only thing. The Spurs are kind of set in this situation now, and they kind of shot themselves in the foot there with the L.A. DeMar, Rudy Gay threesome. I don't mean it the way it sounds, but the, the threesome <laughs> that they have going Maybe on. Maybe I should put in that those bam chicka wow wow music for you, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness poor choice of words anyway <laughs> the, those three guys la demar and Rudy, are the core of this team think about what i just said the three veterans are the core of this team la demar rudy that's the problem when you have guys like lonnie walker Derek white john t murray i'll even throw car in there because he's a good scorer Bryn Forbes, who's a good scorer. Patty Mills, who we saw what he did on, on Sunday against, or Saturday, whenever the heck it was, against Phoenix. I mean, you have good scoring on this team, but the way they're executing it is not right. I think Pop wants to, okay, you, you all know when you have a lemon and you want to squeeze that last bit of lemon juice out of it. That's exactly what Pop is doing right now with L.A., Rudy, and DeMar. He's trying to squeeze that last bit of juice out of it, even with Marco Bellinelli. And that thing is dried up than, a, than something on, on, and they're in the sun. All right, I can't think right now. It's dry. That thing is not giving you any more juice. So you should go to that bench of LA, or excuse, that bench of Lonnie and Derek White and, and uh, DeJounte. And you're right, Wesley. They did play together tonight, did, did uh, Derek and, and DeJounte. And they played well together. Uh, Derek, uh, Lonnie Walker has proven time and time again that he is ready now. I, I was skeptical of it at the beginning, and you guys know this. I was skeptical of it. I was like, okay, this is not the time to put Lonnie in. 
But now after seeing his performance against Houston and seeing him get better and better and being consistent, he's ready now to be a starter. If Bryn Forbes can't bring it like he does uh, tonight, if he can't do that every night, which he won't, bench him, have him, come off the, uh, have him come off the bench, put Lonnie as a starter. What's the worst that could happen? You're already losing games. You're, what are you going to do, lose more games? I mean, at this point, you're almost at Christmas time. I don't think they'll do it yet. But they should look at the idea of making a trade. But the only t- players that the that teams are going to want is a guy like Lonnie Walker or DeJounte Murray. And Papa's not going to get off those two guys. I really don't see it happening. I mean, you're kind of stuck in this situation now. And it sucks. As a fan, as a, as a journalist who covers this team, it sucks to watch the team you cover lose. And the problems are easily fixable. That's the problem. They're easily fixable. But I don't think Pop will make a trade. I don't think Pop has the patience to teach someone the new system all over again. And I think that's why you're seeing the same team back every single year. Is I don't think they have the patience to teach the system to new guys over and over. That's why they go send them to the deal like half the time to where they can learn and get the experience that they need. So... I don't know what's going to happen, but I think we're going to be in for the same old, same old until after Christmas. Yeah, and let me throw yeah. this out there: the core of, of actually of DeRozan, Ma, uh, Lamarcus, and Rudy Gay—that's a menage wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that's the frustrating part about things, especially in tonight's loss. You know damn well that Marco was not going to play defense, and he's a liability out there. The same thing goes for Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes is strictly out there as an offensive weapon. He, he's a liability on the defensive end. And then <laughs> Coach Pop goes ahead and decides, I'm going to go ahead and put Marco and Bryn on the, on the court at the same time. He already knows that that combination is just a recipe for disaster. Yep. That was my WTF thought of the moment. What the, you know, is going on here? Why does this continue to happen? You have other players and you have a Shizemi Metu. Did not play coach's decision. Damari Carroll did not play coach's decision. I got to question the coach's decision at this as, at this juncture. <laughs> why, why do we continue to see these lineups out there that aren't productive? If they're not getting you what you want... Why do you keep going to them? The reluctance or the stubbornness to change is what's asinine. It's frustrating for us as fans because everybody knows damn well that those lineups aren't going to get us a win. In fact, what happens is if the Spurs are up by 7 or up by 10 and you go ahead and insert a Marco Beninelli and you have LMA out there on the court and you have a Bryn Forbes out on the court, guess what happens? In a matter of less than a minute or a minute and a half, maybe two minutes, that lead is all but gone. You know, and then when they're on the bench, lo and behold, you have a Yaka Portal in the game. You have a Trey Lyles out there on the court. You know, you have DeJounte, you have Derek White. These This younger team just seems to play better. The energy is better. They move better. They're running up and down the court. They're an exciting team to watch. They're athletic. They're getting up there. They're really playing hard. You like the effort. If that team giving you that effort lost, you could live with it. 
But when you have these guys that were playing, you know, at one point in, in their careers, they were bona fide NBA All-Stars. Now you have a DeRozan and a LaMarcus who are coming down on the backside of their careers now. And it's obvious to all of us that LaMarcus has lost his step. His skills are declining. He's not the same player. It's like Wesley alluded to. All he does is just stand there and wave his hands. He doesn't play defense. He doesn't jump. He just waves his hands. That That's not going to cut it. No, that effort isn't going to cut it. And apart from blowing up the team, there, there's really no easy solution at this juncture. I think it's going to be a really difficult season for all of us Spurs fans. And I'm still saying that the Spurs as currently constructed, are a lottery team. And the stats tell you the same thing. If you look at the basketball reference staffs, if you go stats, if you go there on the website, you're going to see mediocrity laid out for you. The Spurs are middle of the road and offensive production, middle of the road as far as their defense defensive rating goes. And they're not going to get much better. Even if they made a trade, who, who like you said, Who's going to want to take a DeRozan? Who's going to want to take a LaMarcus? To me, I think what the Spurs just need to do, finish out the season with these guys and let them go. Just let them walk. And and you have the younger guys already on your team that are going to replace them. And you can play them more. And then you have the other guys, the the up and coming, you know, next generation of Spurs player and Luka and Quinn Derry Weatherspoon and Keldon Johnson over in the G League developing, you can bring them in next season and just say, you know what, let's see what we got. Or even bring them in this season and just let them ball out. I mean, what is it going to hurt if we're going to go ahead and lose and we're only going to win 29 or 30 games? I'd rather do it with those young guys than to do it with the stupid veterans that we have that don't put the forth the effort every single night. I'm tired of mediocrity. I want to see an effort, at least the effort, the ganas, the want to. And we have yet to see that. Yeah, but... Yeah, but Joe, let me just say this. You think Pop won't even play Damari Carroll, who is a veteran in this league. You think he's going to play Keldon Johnson, Luca, those guys, if you won't even play Damari Carroll? Oh, I mean, no. I, 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 I say this with respect, but that's a dream. I mean, I, I was, a dream I want to happen. Yeah. I don't see it happening because he's just too stubborn, as we've been saying. He's oh, yeah. just too stubborn to realize, okay, what I've been doing is not working. Let me fix it. And it's not well, you cannot tell me that this first team would have won today if they would have kept that same lineup in that in both halves of that game. They would have won that game easily. You're, you're right. This team has problems starting with the decisions Pop is making. The rotation he is going with is not working. Stop going to Rudy Gay. Stop going to Marco Bellinelli. Start freaking uh, Lonnie Walker. Start him. He needs to be playing 27, 28 minutes a game, not these 10-minute spurts that he's been getting. And as much as I love Trey Lyles, put start uh, Lyles next to uh, Jakob out there. Yep. Have him and Derek White uh, and uh, DeRozan. I mean, stop with the veterans that are not giving you anything because at this point it's just going to be loss after loss. Like I'm, I'm fully expecting him to lose to Brooklyn next. I'm fully expecting him to lose to the Clippers because if you're losing to Cleveland. Cleveland and you, you barely and they lost to Cleveland in overtime. They lost to Cleveland in overtime, Stephen. Don't forget to add and that. Aiton too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and guys, look, it, it, it's also this. Look, the best lineup 
we, uh, even my even my dead grandma could point out the best lineup. The best lineup <laughs> is absolutely Derek White, Dejounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, Trey Lyles, Jakob Pertl. How many times have we seen that lineup on the floor this year? Never. Yeah. Never. Never. That would be the best juice lineup. You would have so much energy. You would have so much driving, and uh, to your point, the ganas, Joe. You would have so much <laughs> gut. And, and at the same token, you would have a ton of defense, but he won't do it. You know, he'd yeah. rather go back to the to the to the old faithfuls, and the only thing they're faithful to get is a, a big old loss. And and, and I, I go, I, you know, I keep saying this, and this is the part that scares me, is that you're right, Joe. They are a lottery team. I agree. I called in to Chris the other day, Chris Duell, and I said that it's the first time we've disagreed about things in a, in a while about on, on air. Um, but he appreciated the take, and it just simply is that this is a lottery team. They're not going anywhere, but at the same token, if they keep going the way they're going, they're going to be a middle-tier lottery team, which is going to mean that they're not going to get somebody who's going to make a difference for their mm-hmm. ball club. 29-30 wins is not going to get you the top 10 pick. No. So it, 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 it's really a choice now, and it's not a choice. It's very pretty, but, you know, you – have to look at the Spurs' history and say, you know, what changed the fortunes of the San Antonio Spurs? They tanked, and they got lucky and got Tim Duncan. It changed the, the, the franchise forever. I'm just saying that this is, the, this is the juncture they're in now, is that they have to look at that with some serious-mindedness. If they're in the lottery right now, they're still close enough to be in, where they can still earn a top-five draft pick but still make a very entertaining product on that, on that floor. But they've got to make a choice. And, and like we all say, it's a pipe dream. It's not going to happen. Yeah, well, maybe I'm going to have to hire a curandero, dude. And that way they can go ahead and curse <laughs> LaMarcus Aldridge and Marco Beninelli, you know, with some, some serious injury. And that way the the Spurs will be forced to, to kind of play the young guns. And if they win, they win. And if they wind up losing and they can't even win 29 or 30 games, maybe they'll get a top 10 pick and our, you know, fortunes will be changed. And, you know we'll be able to start moving forward and start looking like a championship team once again. Because I don't know what that product yeah. is that's out there on the court right now. It's very unrecognizable to me. You know, it's very perplexing. Let's just put it like that. It's like watching a bad episode of The Twilight Zone. You're stuck in a loop, man, and you can't get out of it. You know, yeah. that's that's how I feel right now. Like that Bill Murray movie, Bill Murray movie Groundhog Day. It's Groundhog Day. Every time we see a Spurs game, it's the same thing over and over and over and over again. I'm tired of the mediocrity. Somebody hit me on the head with the hammer, wake me up, knock me out, kill me. I just don't want to see what's on the court anymore. I'm tired of it. I'd rather drink a beer and get drunk and run into the wall. (laughs) At least I'll have more fun doing that. The, the problem is what they're feeding them at halftime, right? You talked about it, Joe, right? The Rockets went in at half. They had Red Bull. The Spurs went in and the locker room had insure. And look what, look what happens when they do that. They either come out and they look like a bunch of old people. They look geriatric. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. You know, it looks like uh, LMA can sit down on his little, you know, donut cushion, you know, and have some Ben Gay rubbed on him. You know, DeMar DeRozan not far behind him. I mean... What are we going to be doing? We're going to be having these guys sit on walkers pretty soon? I mean, come on now. You know, the league is younger, athletic, exciting. When you have the young guys out there, that's the kind of game that I'm here for. All Spurs Nation is here for. 
watching the exciting Young Guns. When you when you hear Lonnie Walker's name being called at the AT&T Center, the fans get up for it, man. They're excited. When they hear Yaka Portal's name being called in the AT&T Center, you even hear it over the airwaves or you're watching the game and you see it on the on the big screen on your TV. You get excited because you see that this young group of Spurs players have potential and they're fun and exciting to watch. I'm not here to watch a beaten down old ass LaMarcus Aldridge and a Marco Beninelli out there. No, I'm not here for that, man. I'm I'm done with that. If that's what they're going to keep on putting out there, I'm going to wind up changing the channel. I might boycott this damn thing, dude, because I'm tired. I'm tired of watching that. I, I'd rather watch them lose games, but have it be exciting, not not be boring the way it is with watching LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, the guy, You, I, I think you could have more fun and you'd probably get more views if we had a live stream of somebody pouring, pouring syrup out of a jar. You know how slow the syrup's going to come out of the jar. <laughs> It's probably still going to be faster than LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> you know, I'm like, God, man. It's it's asinine. Asinine. So, in closing here, because I already went off on my rant. In closing here, Stephen, what can you give us as far as a glimmer of hope for the rest of the season? <laughs> well, Lonnie Walker's playing well. That's always a good thing. Uh, John T. Murray is playing well. That's also a good thing. Him and Derek White play together. That's that's fun. Uh, Britt Forbes have, has spurts of 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 good games. Then you have uh, Patty Mills, who's actually having a really good season. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to joke there. Uh, Patty Mills is having a really good season. I'm not going to take anything away from him. But other than that, guys, this first team is in trouble, and I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They're in trouble. They bit they've been in trouble. But today just kind of really brought it to a head. When you're up 25 and you lose that game, that's inexcusable. So the glimmer of hope, guys, is Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker's getting minutes, significant minutes. He's using them to his advantage. Uh, Derek White and DeJounte Murray are starting to play together, and DeJounte looks healthy. So that's the glimmer of hope going into next season because I'm pretty sure this season is lost. (laughs) The season is lost. That's all but lost. (laughs) All right. Well, well, Stephen, before we go ahead and pitch to Wesley, where can everybody follow you and all the great content that you're doing, uh, not just for Project Spurs, but also for the Project Spurs Network as well? You guys can follow me on Twitter at A underscore and also on Instagram at A underscore as well. Uh, You can follow me for San Antonio Spurs, Rampage, SAFC coverage, and a lot more. And uh, head over to theprojectspursnetwork.com. All right, Wesley. Same question, man. Glimmer of hope in closing here. What do we have to look forward to? Well, I guess one glimmer of hope is they're not as tired. They didn't have to play an overtime game. Overtime. You know, that's one thing. They they at least got to you know save some energy for the next game. Uh, no, you know, I agree with I agree with Stephen on this. You know, it's tough because you see some players, some individual players, and. And Pirtle especially has been one this year that's just been um, a very pleasant surprise to see his development. And you see what's going on with him. You see the potential that Lonnie has. You see what Derek and DeJounte mean. And um, the glimmer of hope is that when they do finally get to their young players, 
this team is going to be very solid for many years to come. Uh, and it's just a matter of, and this is where even all of our sar- sarcasm and joking aside, this is one of those times where nobody wanted as a Spurs fan to see, but it's near an end of the era of winning basketball for a little while. And if, if, it, if it ends this year, you know, if they're able to miraculously come back and, and make the playoffs, great. But they're, they're treading water at this point, and it's, it, they're, they're losing ground, and they're quickly going to drown. So I think that the glimmer of hope is the younger players have a chance to make a mark, um, and hopefully the coaching staff gives them that opportunity. Hopefully, but in closing here, Wesley, where can they get a hold of you on social media? Yeah, uh, look me up at, at Wesley Perk. Um, just talking a whole bunch of basketball. Uh, again, uh, it's that time of year, and there's the old, uh, I know we're talking first tonight, but oh man, it, the NFC least title up for grabs are Dallas Cowboys versus the, the Eagles. Uh, both teams are going to try to lose it, but uh, it's going to be a good game nonetheless. Uh, but yeah, check me out at Wesley Perk. Uh, also, Wesley Perk is on Facebook. And there you have it. So you can also get a hold of me, you know, I, across many social media platforms at Two Shots Podcast. It's T W O S H O T S Podcast. And I'm on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So you can go ahead us up on YouTube and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way you can get informed anytime we release a new video. And that's about all the time we have for tonight's episode of the Two Shots Podcast. So for Wesley Perkins and Steven Anderson, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for tuning in and listening to another episode. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind. We're out. <laughs>